Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Tight Line Outdoors is Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well. So what do you think of that? Are you my, are you, I, I'm trying to think when you started, you know, we had Chad's been a contributor, but he, he went away for a while and came back and we've had other guys that were regulars, but I don't know if anybody's been a con- regular contributor to the show anywhere near as long as you have. You know, I, I'm going to have to sit down with uh, with a calendar piece of paper, but it, yeah, it's been, I mean, got to be what, 10, 12 years. I'll have to look at it. It's been a long time for sure. But it's been long, long at time. least that. It's been at least that. Yeah. So, and we're sick of you, by the way. So it's just. <laughs> no, we all love it. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> we always appreciate it. You bring so much knowledge and a variety of topics, both fishing and hunting. Today, you and I are gonna. We had some questions uh, online over the week, and, I, and I'll kind of try to capsulize it, and then you and I can talk about it. Uh, a gentleman sent me a message. He said, you know, I used to fish in the mornings, and now the boat traffic is so busy. And then, of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to editorialize a little bit the fact that we, our jobs are different. People are working from home. People are outdoors. We have a lot of new boaters and anglers out at the water and makes it difficult, like on a weekend sometimes, to get out on the water. And so he was saying, you know, I end up fishing a lot of different times, and specifically he asked about, he, he didn't do that much weekday evening fishing, and he wanted to know, how do I go after, and he fishes Cherry Creek and Chatfield, how do I go after, what what changes do I make? Well, of course, it's not that simple. we got to talk about the time of the year. But let's talk about that, and in general, maybe more people are getting out when they can or when it's not crowded, but not at the ideal time. You know, we, we all, you'll hear us say there was a morning bite, there was a dusk bite, or but a lot of people just have to get out, Nate, when they can. So how do you approach that? What do you do? Absolutely. You know, on the front range, especially Chaffield Cherry Creek, we are so lucky to have such a predominant fishery, uh, in particular talking about walleyes. Um, I mean, our fishing is literally as, as good as you can find anywhere in the country. Now, again, you know, right now being in, in mid to later June, um, you know, we definitely we have a big fish bite going. But we talked about that a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk about just catching fish because I think that's what a lot of people are asking. Now, obviously, I think we all have our favorite technique. You know, you and I love to jig fish. We have a lot of guys that love to cast cranks. And there is a lot of, of technique-driven stuff where we like to choose that as an angler. But with these regarded questions, you can catch fish 24 hours a day right now on these front-range fisheries. Now, again, it might not be a technique you love, but if you're just looking to have a successful day, we have those opportunities right now. Um, you know, some of these might be a slip bobber bite. Some of them might be a live bait, like a lindy rigging bite. Some of them are a jig bite. Um, you know, you fish that low light period, the night bite. You know, it's still throwing jerk baits and casting crank baits. Um, but regardless, we have a bite literally 24 hours a day. And I would say the biggest thing is, obviously, you know, you have the Midwest roots. I spend a ton of time in the Midwest. I still kind of make our way back there, both of us. Um, and honestly, a walleye in Colorado versus a walleye in the Midwest is 100% a different fish. I mean, I honestly catch as many fish in Colorado on a calm, flat day 
right now, 100-degree temperature, and I catch as many fish at noon as I do in the first hour of sunlight on both sides of the day. Um, as for if you are back in the Midwest, you wouldn't be caught on the lake at noon, flat, 100 degrees. You're like, this is crazy. Um, our walleyes act differently. They feed differently. Everything about them is different. So in regards to that, it doesn't matter what time you're going to get out there. You can find these fish in multiple areas, in multiple spots, and adapt to those, uh, and you're going to catch those fish. So number one, you know, to answer the question, you can get out any time of the day, and you're going to have successful fishing. With that being said, you talk about like Chatfield, Cherry Creek. I can go out in the middle of the lake with, with wakeboard boats and surf boats and, and the craziest conditions ever to where you have waves hitting you from all sides and you're going to catch fish. To, to make it a more pleasurable experience, um, you can seek out the no-wake zones in both fisheries. So you can go to Chatfield, and you can go inside Plum Creek in that no-wake zone. Um, and that's going to be a fairly weeded area of the lake. So you are literally going to take baits. I love taking a small swim bait. And I'm going to swim those baits above those weeds in that Plum Creek area. And you're going to have a lot of success. You're probably going to catch bigger fish than you are almost anywhere else in the fishery. Um, so that's a really cool technique. So, again, we're talking about Roxborough Cove at Chatfield. It's going to be like the southeast cove just east of the, the big south marina. And that whole cove is no wake. You can go in there, fish above those weeds, and have a great day of catching walleyes. Or you can slide to what we call the southwest arm, basically starting at the swim beach, and everything extending kind of southwest of there is a no-wake zone. Within that boundary, you're going to have three or four different road beds. You're going to have 12 gravel pits. Um, you're going to have a ton of structure back there to where you can fish hard structure with jigs and live bait rigs. You can go to weeds and fish those swim baits above those weeds. You can fish crankbait suspended in those pits. Uh, but again, you have all the opportunities of fishing without any of the, the recreation around you to where you're not dealing with wave situations. You're not dealing with poor boat control. Um, and you have all of those options. So that, that's great. With both of those, it's the same thing at Cherry Creek. We'll jump there real quick. That's what we're talking about. That south end of Cherry Creek is a no-wake zone. Now, the average angler is kind of scared of that no-wake zone at Cherry Creek because you run into a lot of shallow water. You're going to have a lot of four, five, six-foot um, sections of water back there. And as a walleye angler, we're always like, ah, oh, it's four foot. We're not going to catch fish there. Right now, especially as our young bait fish are just starting to kind of cruise out into the lake, um, that shallow water is prime fishing. The biggest thing, try not to run over your fish on the boat. So try to keep your boat off those fish. Cast jigs, cast rigs um, up into that shallow water where you're not necessarily running over those fish as much, um, and it's going to you know highly increase your, your catch rate for the day. But the, the no-wake zones of these fisheries, you can come out here at noon, 2 o'clock, in the height of the busiest portions, big sun, you know, awful conditions if you read magazines about fishing in the Midwest. But right here in Colorado, those times are going to catch you fish in those areas. Now, let's say I have the opportunity to fish a little later in the day, but I'm worried about we a typical Colorado, middle of the summer. There's always a chance between about 3 and 6, 7 o'clock that we're going to get a storm to blow through. And it's probably only going to last a half hour, an hour, but we don't want to be on the lake during that because of lightning and bad conditions. If I If I had to only go before or after the storm, when would you go on the water? 
You know, I mean, I I fish every morning out here. I'm catching fish. I'm out here at Chatfield now. Um, I honestly would do whatever's best for your schedule. I will say that some of the most pleasant times on the water are just as these storms clear out. Just because as that storm comes in, I would say 90% of the people on the lake tend to panic and they tend to leave. So all of a sudden, right after these little fronts move through, all of a sudden you can find yourself alone on the lake. Our fish are hungry, so that storm and the barometric pressure and all that does not have effect on them this time of year. To where in spring and fall when the water's cold, you know, fishing post-front would be a, a terrible decision. Right now, it literally has no effect on them. These fish are going strong. So so fishing after that storm, especially when there's nobody around, um, can really make for a nice day. So a lot of times I'll even start my day earlier, and then as these storms come in, um, I mean, there's obviously there's some, some courtesy docks, the marinas you can tie up to. A lot of times I will even go to shore, you know, and kind of hang out there let the storms pass i'm not floating in the middle of the lake um so a lot of times i'll just kind of dodge it while being on the water then as it clears out head back out um you know and enjoy some great fishing but again sneaking out for that even if you stay at home and sneak out post cold you know post frontal condition just for that last couple hours of the night it's going to make for some good fishing um again you're, the main thing that you're thinking about is when it's daylight and not and clearly daylight it's you know say from 6 a.m. in the morning, we'll say till 8 p.m. at night, you're going to find the, the most catchable population of fish. So, again, it's that, that cookie cutter, you know, 15 to 18 inch fish. That fish is going to be on structure. So, it is going to be sitting on a high point with deeper water close to it. And that is what you're focusing on in that situation. Um, as you go into the lower light portion, so, you know, from 8 p.m. until 6 a.m., that is when you're going to get some of those fish suspending. Um, and that's where you're going to be just off the structure, and you're going to be fishing, again, the jerk baits, the crank baits, you know, swimming paddle baits, and, and that type of thing um, in that water column. So that's the biggest thing you need to think about. Focus on structure during daylight, suspended um, in, in those darker situations. How close are we getting to where we're going to see a lot of suspended bait fish and that trolling might come back to be the more prominent presentation again? Absolutely. You know, I I think right now, I think at Cherry Creek, we're going to be fishing solid for, we'll say, another 10 days. We'll put a focus on 10 days um, at those fisheries, and I think that's going to be very, very good. Um, And then as we kind of move forth and we go, you know, past that at Cherry Creek, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of those suspended fish. At Chatfield, we had such a lull in bait fish for such a long period of time. I think Chatfield is going to hold that bite a little bit longer. Um, So I think uh, Chatfield is going to have at least two weeks, um, if not longer, of a a really good structure bite. And then we're going to start seeing those fish kind of pulling off. So it's really fishery to fishery. But I think uh, the fish will remain on structure at Chatfield quite a bit longer than they will at like a a Cherry Creek, a Pueblo, or, or a Bar Lake, for example. All right. we got a few minutes left. Let's kind of just go through... What are you hearing? What are you seeing out there? I'm planning a fishing trip. Uh, the next few days, we've got a holiday coming up next weekend. We're looking like we're going to have some really good weather. Where, what's happening around your area, and where would you send somebody fishing? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to kind of wrap up one more thing on the wallet before we jump into that. We're, as we talk about structure, I'm out here every day. You know, we are still having, you know, 100 to 200 fish days. I mean, we have still had 
three different boats and three different guide trips this week that broke the 200 mark on catching walleye here on the front range this week. With that said, when we fish structure, close does not count. Uh, you know, we're use a roadbed, for example, because there's so many roadbeds on this structure. When you look at a roadbed, the average roadbed is 22 feet wide. That's what our average dirt road is on these fisheries. So when we talk about that, you have to be spot on. We're fishing 16, 18, 20 foot boats. And when we're fishing these small, you know, boat, or excuse me, an 18 to 20 foot boat, that's a fairly large boat considering your structure is only 20 foot wide or 22 feet wide. You have to be on that structure. So many anglers kind of slide back and forth and on and off the structure. Um, and again, if you're not on the structure, you are not catching fish. So if you're an angler that's listening to this and being like, man, Nate's lying. You know, I went out there and I caught 30 fish. It was the best day of fish of my life, but you know, no way are you catching a hundred. The, the ability to catch fish right now, far more than your presentation, far more than your rigs, far more than anything you can do, is that boat control and keeping you on the spot. So, again, word to the wise. Again, I'm literally sitting here right now looking at boats that are not taking this advice. Know your structure. Go old school. Throw a marker buoy out if you have to. But know your structure. Stay on your structure. Fish your structure and you're going to have a successful day out there. As far as that goes right now, Terry, fishing is great across the board in the state. I don't think you can make a wrong decision when, when selecting to where, where to go this weekend. I do have to make comment on your boat control. Does that count if the other guy's running the boat and he lines it up so he's on the structure and you're not? That's my thing. I, I, I just said that's advice that you should take. Terry. You should know your structure. You've got to pay attention to that stuff. You've got to know the guy in the boat in the with boat, you, too. If one person <laughs> in the boat knows the structure better than the other, it's just, you know, it's one of those things you should focus on. Oh, you're a piece of work, I tell you. <laughs> All right, so give me a few bites. Any mountain bites? What about up at uh, up at South Park? What do you see in there? Absolutely. You know, our pike bite are just what we kind of kind – of, I don't want to say they're they're just entering their summer pattern because it's hot, but um, we're starting to get enough weeds, the weed growth and the you know fluctuated you know higher water level are catching up to themselves. Uh, so the pike bite is really just getting started for that summer pattern. So we're still probably a week out from it really getting good, uh, but that pike bite is starting. The trout bite is going good. I don't think you can fish too shallow for the trout right now. My biggest fish this last week came in about two feet of water. Um, if you were looking for big fish. The biggest fish in the system, I would put 100% of my focus on two to four feet of water, and that's where you're going to have those, those outstanding days on those, on those giant fish up there. So shallow water, fast-working bait, 100% reaction fishing is going to be success for you. All right, we're out of time, Nate. How do they find you if they want to book a trip or go to one of your events? Absolutely. You can always you know, seek us out on Facebook. That's probably the most up-to-date information. We have our league this Saturday, this coming Monday. We encourage everybody, come check out League at Chatfield. It's an awesome time. Everybody should do it one time. So come to League this coming Wednesday at Chatfield at North Boat Dock. We'll have information for League uh, on our Facebook page. So again, Tightline Outdoors on Facebook. Uh, yeah, we'd love to get you some information and get you out on the water. All right, my friend. Thank you so much, and thank you for being a part of the show for so long. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the listeners that are, that are staying tuned. And, again, we love this stuff. Send us comments. Send us information. We'd love to talk about it on the show and keep you guys informed. Absolutely. Send us questions. Thank you, Nate. Thank you.
That's Nate Zielinski, Tightline Outdoors. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, Sam Heckman's going to join us, a very accomplished bass tournament fisherman from the state. We're going to talk about Pueblo and John Martin right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Five locations serving the outdoor public uh, with uh, 65 years of experiencing knowing what your outdoor needs are. Let's go right to the phones now and joining us, one of our favorite contributors. Uh, you've seen him at the International Sportsman's Exposition, both in our experts corner and on the tank. He's an extremely accomplished uh, bass fisherman tournament bass fisherman and he does a tremendous amount of work with the youth in the bath bass uh organization sam heckman good morning sam hi terry how are you doing sir i'm doing well you know before this covid thing hit you just racked up kind of another successful bass tournament outing didn't you yeah i was at the tbf national championship in grand lake in oklahoma and uh, did you have a good run, or should I ask? Yeah, I, no, I, I ended up in third, third overall. Um, it was it was a pretty tough tournament. You know, we had to make a long run. Uh, probably took me an hour to get to my spot every morning. And in practice, I blew my my motor in my boat, so I ended up using a loaner boat. So, but it all worked out for the best, and I, I'm happy with the third place. Believe me. <laughs> How many top five finishes have you had in national tournaments? Uh, I was second in 2015. Uh, I was 10th in 2016, and then I took third this year. Uh, been in the top top 15 four times, and then top 20, top 20 uh, five times. So, uh, well, I, how is that? How is how is that possible when there's no bass fishing in Colorado? <laughs> well, I always tell everybody we have three bass in Colorado, and we just take turns catching them. So, yeah, you know, all kidding aside, obviously. There's great bass fishing in Colorado. You just have to know how to go after it. And a couple lakes you fish, I want to get updated, not only have bass, but they're tremendous multi-species lakes. Let's start with uh, Pueblo Reservoir. What are you seeing out there? Oh, right now, Pueblo, the water's dropping pretty good. I mean, we've had some pretty uh, good uh, level water for the last, uh, you know, for the last couple months, but now they're really starting to draw down due to the irrigation. So uh, the bass had a really successful spawn. Uh, they're Basically, if you're targeting bass, you want to target them. Uh, main lake points right now, you're starting to target them deeper. With them dropping the water like they are, there's always a good pattern first thing in the morning right off the bank because when they drop that water, them crawdads have nowhere to go but out. So they always come up and feed early in the morning on those crawdads. You can get them on top water, but uh, I, I like to throw and just drag a grub real shallow in the morning, and I seem to do pretty well uh, catching some really nice bass first thing. Uh, but then when the sun gets up, you want to go a little bit deeper and, you know, of course, your traditional baits, your grubs, your Ned rigs, of course, that works pretty good in Pueblo all the time. Uh, twin tail grubs, um, twister tails work pretty good. And, uh, you know, I don't throw a lot of crankbaits. I'm not a crankbait guy. I don't throw a lot of that. But uh, we can sure catch them on uh, dragons and grubs and tubes and stuff. I would think the tubes would give you a, a lot of smallmouth, too, in addition to the largemouth. So the tubes. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Tubes are a phenomenal bass bait, and you'll catch other species on those. Those tubes and grubs will catch you a walleye and a wiper and things, too. What about the other species? What are you seeing on Pueblo? 
Uh, the, the walleyes are really doing well. There's a lot of guys out fishing deep. Of course, you know, Mid-Lake Island is always, uh, you know, the, where they congregate for most of the walleyes. But we're finding them in the same spots we're finding the smallies in, out the, the main lake points, out a little bit deeper, you know, and probably about 12 to 18 foot of water is where we're, we're targeting a lot of those. And, you know, in the, in the midst of catching smallies, you are catching a lot of walleyes. Uh, wipers have been being caught. A lot of guys are catching wipers on just a slip bobber and a leech. Um, they're, they're cruising up and down, you know, the cliff walls and stuff like that. But most, most of the wipers that I hear about being caught, I don't target them too much at all, but the ones that I've seen and the, the guys that I know have been catching them just up there in, uh, in the West end, just, uh, West of the buoy line. How about, you know, and you and I've never talked about this, but Pueblo has a great catfish population. Are you fishing that at all or hearing much about it? No, we catch those on accident. Matter of fact, just last Sunday, I got, got a flathead uh, on a twin-tail grub fishing for smallies. And, uh, you know, and then they and the, uh, our biologist just stocked a bunch of uh, fingerling uh, flathead catfish in here. But it was a really beautiful, beautiful colored fish. So it was kind of neat to see. I like I like catching those every now and then, just not in tournaments. Yeah, well, yeah, and but there is a, a tremendous, in fact, it's produced some state record catfish. I actually caught a 20-pound channel in the spillway below Pueblo once. I mean, there's some good catfish, and I was smallmouth bass fishing too, by the way, but you know, caught it on eight-pound test. Tell me that wasn't a, a fun a fun fight. Now, you know, Pueblo, before we move on, I want to talk about John Martin, but before we move on, your um, Pueblo also has – three species of bass it's one of the few lakes around here you've got the largemouth and the sp- and the smallmouth we talked about but spotted bass do you see many of them yes lots of those actually terry we, we're very fortunate our we've, they've only stocked spot, spotted bass in here once and uh we're supposed to get a new strain of spotted bass hopefully this year i don't know what you know with the situation that's going on currently but that was what was predicted uh prior to the the COVID stuff that we were supposed to get a different strain. Uh, our biologists are doing a wonderful job out here, but the, the, the spotted bass are just, they, they have a great spawn. Uh, they've been reproducing naturally, just like our smallies. They don't stock those in here either. And, uh, you know, you're seeing lots and lot, a lot more in, uh, when you're fishing tournaments and, and good size, you know, two plus pounders for, for Colorado. That's not too bad. Oh, uh, for a spotted bass. I wonder how many people have caught a two-pound spotted bass and thought it was uh, a, a lesser largemouth. But you can tell you should learn to identify them because two-pound spotted bass is a nice fish, and you need to learn. Let's. Well, we still have time. Let's move on to I know you fish John Martin occasionally. And over the last yep. couple of years, John Martin has been one of the premier fisheries in the state. What are you hearing there? Well, uh I just I was just there last weekend and the water's really really dropping fast. I'm I'm probably, you know, if I'm saying eight inches a day, it's probably a foot. Uh, it was, and it's 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 really low. You're starting to see just like Pueblo, you're starting to see a lot of traffic because no one's out vacationing and they're all coming to the lakes and it seems like everybody's buying a boat now. And uh, it's it's it was pretty crowded for for John Martin. I got there real early. There's probably. 12 boats in the in the parking lot when I got off the water uh there was they were way in the into the overflow at John Martin fishing's really good still um we caught some several nice largemouth and some nice uh smallmouth bass and then what we went down there for is to you know to get some uh, bucket list fish like people who've never caught wipers or white bass or um so we went down there and actually caught the a drum that was wasn't on a bucket list but we got to knock that one off so just throwing a little white uh 3 inch uh, Mr. Twisters, uh, just swimming them, 
and uh, you're catching quite a few of white bass. They're not real big. The, the wipers are pretty good size. You know, you can get them up uh, in excess of five pounds. Uh, but the, the fishing's really good at John Martin. There's a lot of guys coming off the water that had a lot of catfish, too. So I don't target those, uh, but the guys that uh, were down there fishing for them sure had quite a few of them. What about the sogai? Did you hear much about that? You know, uh, earlier in the year when we were pre-fishing before they shut the tournaments down down there, uh, we were catching some really nice ones on the dam, uh, off jerk baits and crankbaits. Um, but uh, as far as right now, I, you know, we didn't catch any uh, last weekend when we were down there, but I know there's some really, really nice ones in there. Uh, I've seen pictures. I know guys who've caught some really nice ones showed me their pictures and stuff. So there's still some really good population of those in there, too. But mostly right now, mo- most of the guys are catching crappie and white bass, you know, throwing a lot of minnows from the bank. And, you know, everybody, everybody down there is pretty much catching fish. If you're going to go down there just to go fishing, uh, most of the guys are just, you know, they're, they're drowning a minnow and they're catching them. So. Yeah, and those white bass, the action, even though they're not the biggest, they're good panfare, and the action is steady, and they, for their size, they'll give you a tussle. I think if you just wanted to go catch some fish, I think you're right. Head to John Martin and fish for those white bass. Sam, we got to let you go, but it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, congratulations. And when this COVID thing settles down, good luck in your tournament pursuits. I appreciate it, Terry. Thank you, guys. I appreciate being on the radio show. Uh, just hope everybody stays safe out there, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. Sam Heckman, a great contributor, great angler, Colorado guy, gives so much to the youth. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoors, 65 years serving the outdoor public, growing up and still having fun. Desert with a billion stars all around. Obviously one of my all-time favorite groups. I love playing this song on the guitar, too, Kyle. I just It's a great song. You can get into it. I wish I could play guitar. Li- well, you know, I couldn't play until I broke my hand. I asked the doctor. I said, can I play guitar? And he says, yeah. I said, well, that's great because I never could before. But <laughs> <laughs> no, Actually, I traveled around the country for a while playing guitar in little honky-tonk bars. That's why I do a radio show now. I have no other talent. <laughs> you're pretty good at the uh, radio li- thing too yeah, we're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan let's go right to the phones and somebody who is full of talent from Colorado Clay's J.R. Pierce good morning J.R. good morning Terry next time you go on tour don't forget I can sing up a storm brother I tr- trust me you'll be right at the top of the list if you don't get the call let me know <laughs> promise <laughs> what would your band hey, you be know, called no, there's no band. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Jr. Um, I just well, seriously. Now we we joke. We have a lot of fun. You have to nowadays laugh at things, but there's um, there's a lot going on with people getting out in the outdoors. We're seeing a lot of people going fishing. We're seeing a lot of people going hiking and camping, and the shooting sports are no exception. We have both people who haven't done much of it but have owned firearms. We have new firearms owners who want to get out and shoot. uh, And they're looking for places and ways, and they're a little unsure. So let's just say I've got a new shotgun or a new firearm. I want to come out to Colorado Clays, and I I want to start doing some shooting. How difficult do I have to sign up ahead of time? What do I have to do? That's a great question, Terry. I think it's worth uh, talking about. So, of course, we know for the past 24 years, Colorado Clays has been the, really offering the premier 
public shooting facility in Colorado. And we've always had uh, a state-of-the-art facility that features those things that we talk about on your show a lot, Terry, whether it's our shotgun pattering area, which has multiple applications for any shotgunner, our straightaway training trap used by beginners and veteran shooters alike, uh, seven ATA trap fields, the two NSSA certified skeet fields, which, by the way, do have that wobble trap overlay, which is, you know, that incredible upland game practice, and our 15-station sporting clays course. And, Terry, it really is one of the most beautiful courses around. And can't forget our fantastic semi-outdoor rifle and pistol range. Uh, with that 25-yard target return system on the pistol side and video viewing on the rifle, uh, for real-time sight-in, uh, no spawning equipment required. The facility is top-notch. But like I said, Terry, I think one of the things that really gets overlooked and something that many people don't realize is the fact that we have refined our check-in process over the years to be a very simple and straightforward one that allows anyone, whether you've shot with us before or not, to do the required steps and be shooting in a safe, comfortable environment in a very little time. So let's just say, like you said, Terry, you are an individual or a friends and family type group that want to come do some shooting at Colorado Clays. So once you get there uh, to the range here, the first thing you'll do is check in at our clubhouse. Uh, we'll always have everybody sign the required waivers and then verify, you know, that you have the proper safety equipment with you. Um, if you've shot with us before, let's say on the shotgun side, um, easy. Go in, tell us what you want to do. We'll send you to the field range or course you want to do, and you can get going right away. Even if you haven't been here, um, you know, our friendly office staff is first going to ask you, what do you want to know uh, or what to do? Uh, and if you know, um, we can get you going in that direction. And if not, we will get you going to the appropriate area for what you're trying to do. Um, we always verify that the guns are open and unloaded and that everybody has the proper ammo, which, by the way, is seven and a half, eight or nine shot lead target loads. And keep in mind, if you don't have this stuff, we do sell it all here at the range, so that makes it easy as well. And then, of course, uh, we'll send you out to the assigned area. Um, you'll meet with our range officer, and our RSOs are the best in the biz. They will go over the safety rules. They'll explain how to use the equipment. And then from that point on, you can just enjoy a fun day of shooting. Now, if you come out to shoot your rifle or pistol, same thing. Come check in at the clubhouse, do the required waivers, pay your range fees. And, of course, we always verify that your guns are in a case and unloaded because that is a requirement if you're coming out. Uh, walk on down to that rifle pistol range. Again, meet our RSO. We'll check your ammo. And in case somebody wonders that needs uh, to be lead, copper, and brass, we don't allow any steel core, steel jacket or steel case ammo they'll review the safety rules assign you to a bay and again uh enjoy a fun day of shooting here at colorado clay so it's really a simple process terry and if i want to look at it ahead of time do you have information on your website or do i have to sign up ahead of time no so that's the the beauty of colorado clays is that there are no reservations or memberships required um just simply come out during business hours and we'll get you going. One thing I will recommend, though, is to go to our website, coloradoclays.com. Every now and again, we will have a special event, a bigger event or something that might shut down a portion of the uh, range. And if that was something you wanted to do, make sure you don't come during those hours. Um, but we have a virtual tour on our website, Terry. Um, 
And I would recommend anybody who has any questions or wonders what we're about or what we look like to go take that tour. Um, it just shows a, a very good overview of the Colorado Clays facility and how we do things. So really a good start if you have any questions. Now, if I'm coming out and, you know, we've, uh, we mentioned that there are so many novice, beginner, or inexperienced, they may have shot a little shooters. What about, and there's people looking for things like concealed carry, they're looking for pistol classes. Let's start with the pistols and rifles. Are you offering classes? Uh, absolutely. And Terry, you know, amongst all the other stuff throughout the course of the year, we do have many clinics, classes, um, and uh, opportunities for people, whether you're a beginner or advanced. Uh, right now, a very popular one is that concealed carry. And Colorado Clays offers the required class uh, to get you on your way to that permit. So not only do we have the facility where you can come out, uh, shoot that gun, whether it's a new one or whether you're law enforcement, whether you're an experienced shooter or just uh, recreational, um, you can sign up for those classes either uh, by calling us, going to the website, or checking out the place and doing it while you're here. So the concealed carry, very popular right now, and as you said, lots of new pistols and such being purchased. And uh, if you think you might want to have the option of being, to, being able to carry Colorado Clays, again, first call you should make. All right. Now, this uh, there's Parks and Wildlife has told me that hunting applications for big game were way up. So I'm going to assume that's also going to go over more people going out to outdoors, small game, upland birds, waterfowl. Well, there's going to be a lot of new shotgun hunters out there. A lot of people, um, maybe they haven't even bought their shotgun yet. Now, I know you offer beginning shotgun classes. Do I need to purchase a shotgun first? Should I purchase a shotgun first? And then what happens when I take your beginning class? Okay, well, another good question, Terry. So, again, throughout the year, we have an intro to shotgun uh, clinic that we do as, um, as frequently as we get people signed up for it, which is pretty frequently now. Um, we have two options. You're welcome to bring your own gun, buy your new gun, or Colorado Clays has very uh, nice Browning rental guns. So if you just want to try the shotgun out, maybe you want to try the over-under style gun, rent one of ours first, you'll kind of know what you're in for for that. Uh, the beauty of this intro clinic is it really takes you from bare bones beginning up to where you're comfortable with gun function, uh, shooting fundamentals, and it's not all classroom, Terry. The cool thing about it is uh, you get down there and you're going to do some shooting. You're going to be with other folks um, that are doing the same thing, and it's just really a fun time, a very educational time, and it'll uh, help you get going, and it'll apply to everything, whether you're hunting, recreational, or whatever whatever shotgun you have, uh, it'll help you with the application. No, and I think, I think that owning a firearm is a tremendous responsibility, whether you own it for self-defense, whether you own it for recreational, competitive shooting, whether you just like to target practice or just it's an enjoyable activity that you share with others. But it, you do need to get the right training and understand the operation of your firearm because it makes you so much safer when you're not thinking about that while you're thinking about your shooting skills. Big proponent of that. So if people want to find you, if they want more information, how do they get a hold of you, Jr.? Well, give us a call, 303-659-7117. Uh, anybody on the phone can get you going in the right direction with the right person for what you're looking for. 
And again, uh, go to the website, read about us, and uh, send an email. Tell us what you're thinking, and we'll get back with you and make it happen. All right, my friend, we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you, Terry. Have a good day. All right. J.R. Pierce, uh, just a great, great resource out there at Colorado Clays. We'll take a quick time out, and we'll come back. I'll wrap things up. i got some pointers I want to give out and a couple things to cover right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're hitting all my buttons today, Kyle. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> Did you just call me easy? Oh, no, you said it was easy. <laughs> You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to wrap things up. i got a few things I want to cover here, though. Um, a lot of people, we've been talking a lot about people getting out fishing where they haven't been out in a while or new fishermen, and uh, we've been talking, uh, you know, a lot of you don't have a boat. You're going to try kayaks maybe, but there's a lot of great shore fishing opportunities in Colorado. If you're getting out yet this weekend or during this holiday week and weekend coming up, uh, you can be extremely successful from shore, and you don't have to spend a lot of money or have a ton of tackle to do it. Now, as you grow in fishing, we're all gear junkies, and we add things, and we try new techniques, but if you just, um, I posted on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, uh, just earlier this week, a podcast I did with the fishing department manager at Jackson, Fort Collins. And we talked about going in and buying a, a first or new fishing rod, you know, a, a lesser expensive combo, but one that was good enough to get you going and some of the differences. And then we also talked about maybe upgrading a little bit. So we talked about spending on your rod and reel anywhere from about 30 to $120 and why you would pick those different ones. If you're thinking about going to buy some gear, go and listen to that and then go into a Jack store and talk to one of the guys. But go to that podcast on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You just have to scroll, scroll back a, a, few po- a few posts and you'll find it there. And when you get the tackle, kind of decide what you're going to do and what you want to do. You know, if you're just starting out, there's a few basic things you can do without breaking the bank. Get a few sinkers and some bobbers. And get some things like whether it's night crawlers or a jar of power bait of trout. And remember, the power bait is for trout. Incredibly effective for rainbow trout, but it's not necessarily great for other things, although they do make some panfish versions. And there's some things like gulp. But let's just keep it simple right now. Let's either get some power bait paste for trout or some night crawlers that you can do everything with. You know, suspend them under a bobber a few feet down so you can still cast it. It's going to be extremely effective. Or fish it if the bottom's not too snaggy. Put the sinker on with just a hook coming out and put the floating power bait or your night crawler on that. You can be extremely successful. Then if you want to buy just a few lures casting from shore, if you're in the mountain lakes or any lake that has trout in it, uh, try some just basic spoons, Castmaster, or maybe some spinners like uh, just a little um, Meps or Panther Martin. They're just great little spinners. I catch fish all the time from shore. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, there's a number of shore fishing episodes. And some of those we get into things like a fly in a bubble, which you could also try. But we also talk about just casting those spinners from shore and how effective they are for trout. So that's something to think about. If you want to progress a little bit, the next thing maybe get a few jigs and some soft baits. That'll get you more into the bass world. Some smaller ones maybe will help with the panfish. You can even put those below your bobber. But the important thing is 
if you know where you're going fishing, go into a store like Jack's, go to the fishing department, get whatever gear is necessary, but talk to the clerk, talk to the, he's a fishing enthusiast. He knows, he loves to get out there. He's going to know, tell him where you're going, what you want to catch or what you think is there. He'll kind of help you through that. He'll probably know about the body of water you're going to fish. He'll help you pick out some equipment and then you can, uh, you can get the right essentials to try to make the next few days of fishing, and then you can grow from there. And it really will work out for you. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We are going to be posting, we post podcasts of different key elements of the show every week, uh, along with I do a little editorial on them, and we talk about that. We post every time we put a new episode up on our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, which has like 135 episodes on it now, about half of them filmed right around here. Um, We put those up so you can go check them out. And a lot of the techniques, even those were filmed a while ago from when we were doing television, still apply and have a lot of good good tips in them. So our social media, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And when we start doing trivia, which we will again very soon, we'll post the trivia answers ahead of time on Terry Wicks from Outdoors on Facebook. Don't be afraid to send us a question. We will try to address them on the show like we did today. We had a, an inter- person interested in different times of the day to fish, and Nate Zielinski and I, we talked about that. Then I want to get back to safety. We are featuring both on the radio and on our Facebook page a lot of safety information. A few weeks ago, which is still posted on our Facebook page, we did um, outdoor survival. You know, not the hardcore survival of some of these shows, but if you're going on a day hike or an overnight backpacking trip, what do you need and what do you need to know so you don't turn an incident into a tragedy if you get lost or hurt? Today we covered boating safety. Please, during these next weekends especially, wear your life jackets, whether you're in a boat, a paddleboard, a kayak. We've had eight drownings in the last two weekends, and at least seven of them, We're not wearing life jackets. Please wear your life jackets. But we covered that. We're upcoming episodes. We're going to cover lightning, a very important safety factor in Colorado. And we're going to cover just a number. Of course, we always cover fishing, hunting, camping, hiking, getting outdoors. And we love to have you join us. And we want you to get outdoors. We get a lot of people getting outdoors. We want you to be successful. And we want you to be safe. So we'll try to give you as many, many tips as we can. This is going to wrap it up for today. We'll join us every Saturday from 9 to 11 right here on 104.3 The Fan. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and ESPN Sports on 104.3 The Fan.